This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marsha Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis, and this is another episode about Christian non-duality. I am recording this outside, and I just heard some thunder a moment ago, so if you hear that, that's what it is. It might even uh, be good background sound effects for what I'm going to be talking about today, which is the one that Christians love to hate. Every good tale needs a, a villain, and that role is played by the devil in Christianity also known as Satan. For those of you who have been associated with fundamentalist or evangelical or Roman Catholic Christianity, you know that we were taught that Satan was the big bad guy. He was the opposite of God, but ultimately not as powerful as God, because he is a creation of God and not inherently divine. Nevertheless, the devil was the one that we were expected to fear above all earthly foes, in conservative forms of Christianity. Satan is the the boogeyman used to keep the, the faithful in check. He's the monster under the bed. If you stray from the church's teachings, or heaven forbid, consider the possibility that there might be some divine truth to be found outside of Christianity, then we are warned that that's the devil, tempting us to forsake the truth for one of his counterfeits. For traditional forms of Christianity, the devil is real. For them, he's not just a symbol or a myth. He's a fallen angel who took a third of the heavenly host with him when he rebelled against God and wants to take us down with him. He is considered not as powerful as God, but you wouldn't know that by the way the Christians talk about their spiritual enemy. He is called in the New Testament the God of this world the power behind the Antichrist and the end times, and the commander-in-chief of a mighty spiritual army that opposes God. He is the epitome of evil, who oversees a vast horde of demons or evil spirits who are just waiting to possess the hapless person who is careless with his soul. In other words, he is scary as hell. For that reason, in later Christian theology, he came to be the ruler of hell. That fear is played upon in films that Hollywood and Christian filmmakers have made about the devil and demons and the Antichrist and the end times. Now, it is a historical fact that this devil is a rather recent creation. He was imported into the Jewish faith from Persian religion, which the Jews came in contact with during the exile in the 6th century B.C., The Persian religion called Zoroastrianism was a dualistic faith with two gods, a good one and an evil one. That sounded like a good idea to Jews at the time who were struggling to explain why bad things were happening to God's chosen people. They could blame it on an evil force, and that would get God off the hook for the perennial problems of why bad things happen to good people. 
so they borrowed the idea and incorporated it into their theology. The devil was known in exilic and post-exilic Judaism as Hasatan in Hebrew, which literally means the adversary or the enemy. It comes over into English as Satan, but it's not a proper name any more than Christ is a proper name. It's a title. This character plays a prominent role in the beginning and the end of the book of Job, which was written early in this period. That was when Satan was still a member of the Heavenly Council, had not yet been cast out of heaven by later Christian theology. By the time of Jesus, the Jewish faith had been influenced not only by Persian religion, but also by Greek religion, with its ideas of an underworld and a god of the underworld named Hades. Jesus and the early Christians adopted Satan, and Christian theology made him the lord of the underworld, which was then called Hades, or Gehenna, or Hell. His presence was read back into the Genesis story as the serpent in the Garden of Eden, and in that way he became the origin of all evil in the world. This Metaphysical and mythological Satan is not real. There's no such things as devils and demons or evil spirits. But what the figure of Satan points to is real in a certain sense. At least his, he is as real as you are. For he is you. Satan is what we call the ego or the self. As Walt Kelly famously said in his Pogo comic strip, we have met the enemy, and he is us. The devil is us. If you want to meet Satan, just look in the mirror. When you realize that this is what your ego, yourself, is, then you want nothing more to do with it than any traditional Christian who would want anything to do with the devil. We can say, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, when, when the ego, self-devil, is pushed to the background, then what we truly are comes to the foreground. This encounter with the ego is what Jesus experienced in those 40 days in the wilderness after his awakening at his baptism. He was being tempted to bow down to the ego, to make it his God and his master. The ego, the human self that we call the psyche, is represented by the figure of the devil. The devil is not out there somewhere or down there in hell. He is here. What Christians have feared the most, that the devil might get into them and possess them, is ironically true. As Job said, that which I have feared the most has come upon me. This is a source of all the fear that people have of being possessed by the devil or demons or evil spirits. Insofar as we identify with ourself, we are our own worst enemy. What we hate and fear in others is what we intuitively know is in ourselves. What we hate about our enemies is what we see in ourselves, but we won't admit it to ourselves. To protect the reputation of ourselves, what we then do is project this evil outside onto something or someone else, like the devil or outsiders, you know, those foreign devils, those other races or countries or religions or gods, Ironically, 
in the attempt to defeat evil, people can end up doing the evil that they deplore. For that reason, the devil is dangerous, but not because he is real in any metaphysical sense. He is dangerous because he is us, and we don't see it, and we don't acknowledge it. So what we need to do is turn our attention around 180 degrees and look directly at what is true. If we look in toward ourselves instead of out toward others in judgment, we meet the enemy. This is the meaning of repentance. Now, I've talked about the meaning of the biblical Greek word for repentance, metanoia, in other episodes, and I have defined it there as a change of mind and going beyond the mind. There's another aspect of the word I have not mentioned, and this is the aspect that is often emphasized by evangelicals. I have heard Billy Graham speak of it often. The word repent means doing a U-turn. It means turning 180 degrees. When we turn 180 degrees and look in at what is looking out, we see we are not the little petty persona that wants to rule. We see that as nothing more than an illusion of the brain. We look beyond that and we see the vast and limitless eternal. That is what it means to be made in the image of God. That is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Christ in us, as the Apostle Paul said. God is not out there somewhere. The kingdom of heaven is not up there. It's here. As Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. The good news, the gospel, is that God is real. But the self is not real. At least not real in a permanent eternal sense. The psychological self is not even as real as our bodies, and our bodies are just temporary phenomena, as any visit to the cemetery or perusal over the obituary page will remind you. The ego, the psyche, or the self is just a product of the brain, which is just an organ of the body, which means it dies when the body dies, if not before. So this personal individual self that we normally mistake ourselves for is even less real than the body. But who we are, our true nature, is real. And to see that for yourself, all you have to do is take the 180 degree turn. Look at what is looking. Be aware of what is aware. That is who you are. That is our true identity. It has no name, but we call the indwelling Christ or the Holy Spirit. In reality, this is all that is. God says in the Bible, I am the Lord, and there is no other. That is the definition of non-duality. In Milton's Paradise Lost, Satan famously says, better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. That is the definition of ego. It would rather rule in suffering for as long as it can as an autonomous entity separate from God rather than die. But Christ calls the self to die, to take up 
the cross and follow him to the cross. To die with Christ is to die to self, that we might live to God. When we see who we really are, one with God and Christ, the self is exposed for the imposter and the deceiver that it really is. When we wake up to our true nature, we see the kingdom of God, that all is one, and that both good and evil are part of the one. This realization is what Jesus meant by being born again. This is eternal life. This is our birthright. Nothing in heaven or earth, no principality or power, angel or demon, can separate us from this love of God in Christ Jesus. That's it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.